0: If you're a Christian parent doing your best to follow the mandates and principles of scripture for child rearing, you may have noticed that your parenting approach is vastly different from the other parents on junior soccer team, or from your neighborhood, at the grocery store, even from those in your extended family. A genuine commitment to God and His Word can get funny looks from your kids' friends, the parents of your kids' friends, even from other Christian parents. But have you noticed that your kids are more emotionally well adjusted, better behaved, and easier to handle? Still, the temptation to give in to the prevailing parenting trends in our culture may be a nagging concern to you. I mean, nobody openly rebukes you for it, but still, you can feel like you're a parenting primitive. Behind the times for raising your kids with a different set of restrictions and requirements than most other kids. Your kids often seem to identify better with adults than with their actual peer groups. You are a politically incorrect parent. And we're here to encourage you in that on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome once again. You are not alone. You're among friends here. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, which is a year-long Christ-centered <laughs> residential program for teens in crisis, and by extension, their families. Our host on Licensed to Parent is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, and I'm Rich Rosell. And uh, Trace, for some time now, you've been wanting to devote a program to tackling some of our culture's current popular thoughts, ideas, and approaches to parenting that you feel are not only bringing families down, but ultimately bringing down our entire society. And these issues
1: are largely antithetical to a biblical worldview, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think they are. And not only are they antithetical to a a biblical worldview, but they actually fly in the face of logic uh, at, at times. Science, statistics, objective evidence, and just plain common sense. And that's despite the fact that many of these ideas were actually birthed out of uh, educated minds in in, in the mental health field from people who are supposed to be experts in child development. Well, today's guest is also an expert in child development, and it's because of his experience and his historically sound, tried-and-true methods and insights for raising kids that I trust this guy to intelligently dialogue with us about these things, Uh, maybe even challenge us. I'm okay with that, too. But that's what I appreciate about John Rosemond. And uh, John's not afraid to speak what the truth is, what he knows to be true, even in the face of a lot of pseudoscience PhDs who not only have their careers to promote and preserve, but have a lemming-like following to help them promote and preserve those careers. Uh, John sees past the industry politics of the mental health field. Uh, Personally, I think many of these folks will will have a lot of explaining to do when more of us finally realize that the emperor really is naked after all. But I also think there's a uh, there are multitudes of uh, well-meaning and wonderful people in the mental health field who simply just spent more time pursuing what to think rather than on how to think. And John has you know been gracious enough to stretch uh, uh, these discussions out to to two programs uh, because there's just so much to bring to the table. Uh, but I, I I think these two broadcasts will give a, a lot of parents reasons to breathe easier, knowing that maybe you know maybe they haven't been crazy after all. You think about it. Did God really require us to earn PhDs in child psychology to, to be uh, uh, good, healthy, well-adjusted parents with well-adjusted kids? I mean, if that were the case, we'd all have PhDs, and uh, that would only prove just how average we all really need to be to be good parents. <laughs> There's certainly a place for trained mental health professionals, but I, I fear that sometimes uh, you know, they can be guilty of complicating things that really aren't all that complicated, Rich.
0: Yeah, one of the things you just said, I I never really thought about that, but if we all had PhDs, that would pretty much lower the bar. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't want that. But fortunately for us, John Roseman did all the heavy lifting when he got his PhD some years ago. Uh, John is an American columnist, a public speaker, an author on parenting. His weekly parenting column is syndicated in about 225 newspapers around the country. Uh, He's authored or co-authored about 15 books on this subject, A few years back, John hosted the nationally syndicated radio program, Because I Said So, on American Family Radio. Uh, He is known for sound advice, for humor, and a relaxed style as well. And uh, John is always uh, quick to remind folks that his real qualifications uh, for doing this program and for speaking on parenting is that he's been married to the same woman for over 40 years. He's the father of two successful adults. And John, how many well-behaved grandchildren are now in the Roseman clan? (laughs)
2: Well, I've got to update my biography because I've been married to Willie for uh, 52 years. We have two children. We have seven grandchildren ranging from, I think, uh, 13 to 26.
1: Wow. Awesome. That is awesome. Well, I tell people I've been happily married for 37 years. Uh, I've been married for 40 years, but happily married for 37 years. That's a joke. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're a good crowd. Thank you very much, John. Hey, thanks again for being with us on Licensed Parent. Um, I I think this program is going to be a challenge to a lot of a lot of parents, uh, especially for the first time listeners, because so much of what we're going to be talking about uh, over the next two programs will will be counterintuitive to what so many young parents have already accepted about raising kids today. Uh, one of the things that a lot of parents have accepted, and I think this may have actually started in our, our baby boom generation, John, is the idea that doctors and mental health professionals are now automatically the final authority and the go-to, uh, folks on raising emotionally well-adjusted kids. When in fact, uh, many mental health uh, professionals are struggling emotionally themselves. Can you comment on that? Did I miss the mark there?
2: No, you didn't uh, nothing that uh, and and I am a psychologist. I'm licensed by the North Carolina Psychology Board. I drive the rest of my profession up a wall. Um, <laughs> because uh, I maintain nothing they have said about children or parental responsibilities or how to properly execute this thing we now call parenting. Uh, has proven to be true. Everything that they have said, according to their own research, has been bogus, which um, explains why, since American parents began taking their marching orders from people like me, ironically, uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, the mental health of the American child has... Uh, become 10 times worse than it was Mm. prior to that period in the 50s, early 60s. Uh, We've uh, seemingly at a very ubiquitous uh, level abandoned uh, every traditional notion concerning children and child rearing and embraced these nouveau notions based on psychological theory, which has proven itself to be uh, completely uh, comprised of falsehood.
1: Yeah, but with such m- dismal results, w- why do so many people trust in the secular mental health field when it comes to child rearing today?
2: Well, first of all, the media, which uh, you, you know most people believe is a source of truth to one degree or another, um, the media identifies these people as experts. They bring them on as talking heads whenever the subject uh, pertains to children, child mental health, and parenting. And um, these people have capital letters after their names, as do I. Right. Uh, and, and the American public, for obvious reasons, believes that people with capital letters after their names having... Um, uh, had more education than the uh, the average Joe or Mary on the street um, must know what they're talking about. Yeah. And uh, the problem is that these people cobbled together in the late 60s and early 70s a parenting paradigm that they uh, cut out a whole cloth, snatched out of thin air, whatever uh, metaphor you want to use. And... Um, the, the principles that defined this new secular humanist parenting paradigm uh, were untested by any research. Um, however, the entire mental health community, and I was there in graduate school and during my early years in practice, uh, and a witness and a participant in this. Um, this, uh, this entire body of theory, although no research confirmed it, Uh, had the backing of 99.999% of mental health professionals. Dr. Jim Dobson was the first fellow to come out and say, look, there's something wrong here. And um, since he did that, a number of uh, Christian parenting persons, pundits, have taken up his call you know, the number, e- even in the Christian parenting community, the overwhelming majority of people who are writing purportedly Christian materials on parenting are integrationists, uh, is what it's called. They're Thank blending, you, it's a good word. They're blending psychology with uh, biblical principle. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't blend falsehood and truth and come up with something better than truth. Right. Uh, when you when you blend falsehood with truth, you adulterate truth. And uh, and and uh, yet this is what's being done, even in the Christian parenting community. Unfortunately,
1: I've never heard the term uh, integrationist, uh, but that's a really really good term to describe all that. Uh, well, if, they try if... to
2: integrate. They try the the term refers fairly obviously, to the fact that they're trying to integrate psychology with uh, the word. And I I had a a pastor, Trace and Rich, quite recently take me to task. Uh, He said, um, uh, you must not think that there's anything of value in what psychologists are saying about children and child rearing. And I said, "You're, you're precisely correct. I don't believe that there's anything of value. And he said, well, what about self-esteem? And I said, well, the Bible is clear that having esteem for oneself is a corruption. You know, Jesus did not say, blessed are those who think highly of themselves. Um, Over and over again in the Bible, we are warned about having what is today called high self-esteem, how dare people in the christian community believe uh, you, you know how, how do they come to this belief how do they come to a belief that that high self esteem is a good thing it's it's amazing really well
0: i, I know, think there's a, a part of it that comes from this idea of god created you therefore you're a person of value but what we forget is we being created in God's image, that means we are reflecting that which should have high esteem, God. But that doesn't make us higher because of that necessarily. We're, we're, we're well, looking at it backwards.
2: Well, precisely. We, we have value in God's eyes. But to believe that we have value in our own eyes and our own estimation, that's something quite different.
1: That's one of the things that you know. Everywhere I turn, uh, the parents that bring their kids to Shepherd Hill will say, "Well, he, he does what Junior does, what Junior does, because you know he's got uh, poor self-esteem." Uh, that seems to be the default excuse that uh, is often used. Uh, but I guess the question I want to ask is: Do we really want a juvenile delinquent feeling good about being a juvenile delinquent? Um, and. I think th- there are several people responsible for uh, this swing. Uh, I think Hume was one. Um, James was another one. And I forget the other. Rose was it Roseburg or whatever. But the bottom line is, um, someone here in in, in recent times, uh, from the secular side of the fence, called it a failed experiment. And I think you've you've articulated the. Already that you agreed that it's been a failed experiment, but I don't think what people realize is just how failed it's been and how much trouble that it's caused us. You know, when you, you got kids now with this sense of entitlement to the point where, you know, they can cuss out a, uh, a policeman on camera, spit on them, uh, do the things that they're doing and get somewhat rewarded, not only by their peer group, but um, by people in the media. Uh, people in uh, politics. And I think that s- sends a terrible message to uh, the families, parents, and the kids that are watching this stuff go on uh, as our nation burns to the ground. Can you comment on that?
2: Uh, Hitler's propaganda minister, Hermann Gering, said that if you repeat a falsehood often enough through the media, Uh, people will begin to believe it. And this is what's happened with the concept of self-esteem. Invented, pulled out of thin air in the late 60s. It was not used as an expression prior to that time. Um, and, And repeated over and over and over again by people with capital letters after their names, the media, Oprah, Dr. Phil, Dr. Laura, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Everybody believes, therefore, that there is validity to the term, however, and you alluded to this, Trace, uh, the research uh, not done prior to snatching this concept out of thin air in the late 60s has now been done. And the research clearly indicates that people with high self-esteem, they may feel really good about themselves but they are not people that you would willingly want to enter into a relationship with. Uh, They tend to be sociopathic. Uh, Men with high self-esteem tend to be uh, verbally, emotionally, even physically abusive to women. Narcissistic. That they're in relationship with. People with high self-esteem, paradoxically, uh, tend to suffer severe episodes of depression. Because the world never confirms what they believe is uh, uh, the way the world should treat them. And uh, oh, the, the list of problems that people with high self esteem have mirrors uh, the list of problems that we are now dealing with with America's children. Oh, yeah. Uh, a high level of anxiety, a high level of depression uh sociopathic behavior. For example, today's teenagers believe that if cheating on a test will give you a better grade and increase your chances of getting into the right university, cheating on a test is fine and dandy. Well, that's a sociopathic belief. And yep. this is common among today's uh, high school
1: students. Today, well, we're up against a break, John. When we come back, I want to I want to uh, stay on the subject for self-esteem just a little bit, and, and before we move on to something else. So, uh, Rich. Yep. Well, we're talking today with John Roseman, columnist, speaker, and author
0: of a number of books on parenting, including Parenting by the Book: Biblical Wisdom for Raising Your Child. Uh, Teen Proofing, Fostering Responsible Decision Making in Your Teenager, and Parent Babble, How Parents Can Recover from 50 Years of Bad Expert Advice. Incidentally, more information on John is available on his website, rosemond.com, and his books are available online or wherever you get your books. We'll be back with more conversation on License to Parent right after this.
3: shepherds hill academy a year-long christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis is celebrating 20 years of ministry there have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land as a result plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students therapeutic experience away from the highway noise along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations The five-year two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall to be completed by the end of the year, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, Building Together, a new and improved Shepherds Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today, shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. That's shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's
0: kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at License to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicenseToParent.org slash wise phone. Listening to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program working with troubled teens and by extension their families. And it's our goal here on the program to take some of what we learn daily inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill and export it to you. We're delighted to have you joining us today. And also joining us today uh, by phone is our special guest and good friend, longtime friend John Rosemond. Uh, John is a columnist, speaker, and an author of a number of parenting books, uh, which you can find on his website, rosemond.com. That's R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D.com. His books are also available online or wherever you get your books. And Trace, uh, right before the break, we were talking about uh, the issue of self-esteem. And uh, let's mm-hmm. pick it up where we left off there and see where it takes us.
1: Yeah, John. Uh, how has this idea of self-esteem, uh, or has it created a, an emotionally help create an emotionally fragile generation of young people that that uh, just can't seem to deal with constructive criticism too much?
2: Well, the idea that uh, you are a great and wonderful person is the is the problem here. I mean, we. We are created in God's image, but we are also uh, cursed with a sin nature. And um, today's children, and, and, and you know what, Trace and Rich, today's parents, they have great difficulty. As a pastor recently said to me, he said, you know, John, everybody in this congregation would agree that they are sinners, but very few of them would agree that their children are sinners. And this Mm. is the problem. The children have not really been confronted with their sin natures. Mm -hmm. And they believe themselves to be wonderful, infallible, impeccable, uh, sinless. And when the world treats them in a way that is incongruous with that self-belief system, uh, the response is quite often depression. And this is what we're dealing with with America's children today. We are dealing with a uh, epidemic of depression, um, one marker of which is a suicide rate among teens and children that is at least 10 times higher than the suicide rate of teens and children in the 1950s. One of the things that I often do is ask people my age uh, if they remember, and it's certainly a memorable event, a high school classmate committing suicide. And do you know that I have yet to run into a person my age, a person who went to high school in the early 1960s, who remembers such an event? My high school was 5,000 kids, suburbs of Chicago, the height of the baby boom, uh, kids coming to high school. And Nobody in in my high school class that I've talked to remembers one child committing suicide, one teenager. Yes. Today, in a high school of 5,000 kids, and you don't find high schools that big anymore, but in a population of 5,000 teenagers, you'd have four or five suicides a year. We had none.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Well, teen suicide is the second leading cause of death uh, among kids today. Uh, I polled uh, our our small group of kids at Shepherds Hill the other day in uh, in Chapel again, as I do pretty much uh, once or twice a year. I said, raise your hand uh, if there's been a school shooting in your school. Half the hands go up. Uh, And yet when you hear on the news... uh, Violent crimes are supposed to be down, uh, prior to the, the burning down of America in 2020, anyway. Uh, so, you know, how, how, does that, how do you reconcile that? That When they, they say America, uh, particularly in the inner cities, are safer today, uh, and yet you wouldn't dare let your kid go uh, three blocks away from your home in the inner city. They, they, they even call them free-range parents, uh, and, and they looked down upon. How do you reconcile that, John? Is America safer?
2: There there are many reasons for that, but going back to the issue of uh, high self-esteem, researchers have found that uh, people with high self-esteem tend toward sociopathic behavior, which is behavior that uh, takes no consideration of your fellow man into account. Mm -hmm. It's behavior that is completely oblivious to love of neighbor, And, uh, this is why we have such an epidemic of bullying in America's schools today. Uh, bullying, there was, there's always been bullying. There were bullies in my neighborhood, but, um, there, there were maybe one or two. Um, Mm -hmm. and today bullying is rampant and it's, um, particularly rampant in, uh, in social media on social media platforms like Facebook. Yeah. And um, again, the research has found that bullies are not people with a low opinion of themselves and they're acting out their low opinion. This is the psychological explanation, the stock explanation of people in my profession. They're not acting out low self-esteem. They're acting out high self-esteem. That's
1: exactly right. The idea
2: right. that they're better than everyone else and mm-hmm. uh, that they deserve to be king of the hill. Mm.
1: Yeah, you know, it goes back to, do we really want a juvenile delinquent feeling good about being a juvenile delinquent? I think the obvious answer is, no, we don't. Why do you look uh, at
0: me when you say that? I'm just curious.
1: <laughs> it's, that, it's that young baby face you, you got on
2: there. You can't fool us, Rich. Yeah. <laughs>
0: If you have enjoyed today's edition of Licensed to Parent, just know that there is more to come next time with our special guest, John Roseman. Uh, John is a columnist, a speaker and an author on parenting. I mentioned some of his books earlier. They include parenting by the book, uh, teen proofing, fostering responsible decision-making in your teenager uh, and parent babble, how parents can recover from 50 years of bad expert advice Uh, More information is available on John's website, rosemond.com. His books, of course, also available elsewhere online and wherever you get your books. And, uh, John, sit tight. We're going to have you back for the very next program, and uh, we're delighted to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And that does wrap it up for this edition of Licensed to Parent. If you missed a part of today's program or you'd like to hear it or any of our past programs again, You can do so on our website at LicensedToParent.org. And by the way, while you're on our website, remember you can check out some free parenting videos as well as Trace's blog. Uh, Lastly, if you want your teens to achieve their goals and uh, your goals for them, well, as we've said before, that's going to require focus. But being able to focus and tune out the distractions of the world is getting harder and harder when we constantly invite outside distractions in. As you've heard us say before on this program, the biggest and most distracting culprit that we've found is the smartphone. That's why we've posted some information about Wise Phone usage and some options your family may want to consider to help get control of your kid's screen time, and we've posted that on our website. If you'd like to learn more, just go to LicensedToParent.org slash Wise Phone. Again, LicensedToParent.org forward slash wise phone. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you back again next time to renew
1: your license to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. I'll see you next time.